There's a lot of times we, uh, we aren't sure what to do and we, we don't realize it, but sometimes we think some issues in our lives are all about us. And we watch and we see God begin to move through difficult and painful ways. Uh, I believe in Romans 8.28 where he says he's working everything out for our good. Those are called according to his purpose. That God has got a way in the midst of what we're going through. I've had somebody one time recently that talked about, you know, life is hard. Life is hard. And you know what? Unfortunately, it's designed to be that way. Because if it was easy, we'd be spoiled rotten, wouldn't we? We wouldn't appreciate the things that we probably appreciate and, and see the things that we probably want to see God do in our lives. But, Mike, I want to go to John 16.33. I think that's the first scripture that I've got for you guys. John 16.33, because I do want to continue just a few moments about a winning attitude. If you're a winner, does that mean you never lose? Anybody ever won everything, never lost anything? Anybody in here? <laughs> Macy's close. <laughs> we, we, there, there are times, and that's the thing. If, if we're going to give a gospel to people that there will not be any pain or difficulty in life, how many of you know I think we're giving the wrong gospel? There, there is going to be some difficulty in our life. If things don't challenge us, if things don't, aren't hard at times, we've got to know that that's how life is. You know, sometimes you can have the kids and the kids are like, I'm bored. Good, you're supposed to be. If we weren't bored at times, we wouldn't, we wouldn't appreciate the things that wouldn't make us bored. Come on, somebody. We're not supposed to be in life and be entertained 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Can I get an amen? There are times for you to sleep, first of all. And there's going to be times that are good times, and there's going to be times that are not so good. But when I thought about this, when, and I've challenged you from last week, that in John, he talked to the disciples, and he got really serious with them, like from chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. You can see where he's really pouring out into the disciples. And what we saw in the video as well as this scripture was John 16, 33. He says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. God's desire for us is to have peace. Peace in the midst of the storm. Peace when it's, when it's raging out there. Come on, somebody. Peace when, when, when the things aren't going the way we think they ought to go. Peace because it's got to be in him. And he goes on and he says, in the world you will have tribulations. How many of us don't want to hear that? James talks about it. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations in our life. He says, count it all joy. Why? Because this is part of a process that we're going through. So there's going to be difficulty, but the question is, is how do you overcome the difficulty? And can we overcome the difficulty? Can you overcome? Yeah. And then the next scripture here, or what the rest of the scripture, he says, but take courage. Go back to that one there. But take courage. I have overcome the world. Jesus said he's overcome the world. He's overcome the world. He's overcome the world. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 5, it says, Who is the one who overcomes the world but the ones that believe in Christ, the Son of God? We are the ones that overcome the world. We are not to be overcome by the world. We are to overcome the world. 
So a tragedy can happen in your life. It can cause great pain, but it's not designed for you to be overcome by it. It's designed for you to be an overcomer from it. Oh, come on. That's good for somebody here today. There's some things that we have to walk through. We walk through, but Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to be with you always. He's not going to, you're not going to quit. You're not going to give up. And if you're born of him, you have absolute God-given perfection that the blood of Christ has gives you the right to be able to overcome every aspect of that. That last picture. I watched that man with his six kids, and then it zoomed out to show you that he was in a wheelchair for 24 years. Some of us just would have quit, wouldn't we? But he is an overcomer. And whether that's you or whether that's some psychological or emotional issues that you're having to deal with, or maybe you're just feeling like a loser, I got some hope for you today. Because there's times where we've lost, but we're not losers. There's times where we've not succeeded the way we thought we ought to succeed or others have thought we ought to succeed and you feel like a loser. I've felt like a loser at times. That's not what God wants me to feel like. But how many of you know when you begin to feel that way, you've got to realize that Christ was an overcomer and he overcame for us. So when we begin to start thinking about that, that he is who he says he is, and those of us that are overcomers also, because Christ was an overcomer, you get to be an overcomer. Tell your neighbor, say he's talking about you. <laughs> I am talking about you right now, because you are an overcomer. You're going to overcome the situation in your life. You're going to overcome the tragedy or the pain or the hurt that's in your life. And it doesn't matter how many times you've failed in the past. Christ said he is an overcomer, so you are an overcomer. Let's give the Lord a praise for that. Hallelujah. I believe in Jesus Christ, and I believe that he is the living God. And I, I, I believe that in, in the world there's going to be trials and tribulations, and there's going to be difficulty and pain as well as joy and all this other stuff. But we are an overcomer. Say, I'm an overcomer. Come on, say it again. I'm an overcomer. Everybody, I'm an overcomer. And there's times where you're, you may not feel like an overcomer. <clears throat> there's times you may look at yourself and you don't think you're an overcomer, but you're going to have to pull out what the Word of God says that you are an overcomer. So Jesus himself in John chapter 8, he's having this discussion with the Pharisees. And they're trying to, well, they're discussing who he is or who he was. And what was, what was he doing and where was he from and how can you be from the Father? And, and there's all this discussion that's going on. And Jesus says this in John 8, 23. He says this to the Jews because it's a public deal. And he says, I'm not of this world. Is that a profound statement? When the world seems to have the best of us, Jesus says, I'm not of this world. What did he mean by that? I'm not of this world. They were trying to figure out who he was, and it's like sometimes we want to be identified by a worldly identification. Oh, what do you do? You know, women, when they, when they meet each other and, and they talk and, and they, they, their first relationships are starting to build, you know what most of them say? Do you have family? 
How many kids do you have? Grandkids do you have? Guys, when guys first meet, they don't say that. The first thing guys do is like, what do you do? Right? What do you do? Oh, I'm self-employed. Or I work for this. Or I work for that. We put our identity in those things. Jesus was telling the Jews, he says, I'm not of this world. And then again in John 17, 14, he says, I've given you the word. I've given these, this word, your word, God, to the disciples. And the world has hated them. Why has the world hated them? Because they are not of the world. Jesus says, just as I'm not of this world. A lot of times we put too much stock in the world. We put too much stock in the world that this is it. John 18, 36. I got another scripture I wanted to give you. John 18, 36. Jesus is talking to Pilate, right? And he makes this statement. He's like, my kingdom's not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. Pilate's talking about where they say you're a king. He's like, my kingdom isn't even of this world. And he, he ends up asking him. He said, well, they say you're a king. He says, I am who you say. He basically was saying, yes, I am. I am who they say that I am not supposed to be, but that's who I am. But he says, my kingdom is not of this world. What do you think he means when he says it's not of this world? Anybody? I want some interaction. What's he mean when he says I'm not of this world? Anybody? You can just holler it out. I don't belong here. Okay. What else? Good. What else? I'm not what? Of the five senses world. Right? See, touch, feel, smell, hear, taste. How many of us all, it's got to be this. I don't believe that it's there until I can taste it. I didn't know it was good until I could taste it to see if it was, it was sweet. What else do you think he meant when he said, I'm not of this world? Belongs to a heavenly kingdom. That's good. How about this? His DNA is different. He doesn't go along with the philosophies of this world. What do you think about not being of this world? What's, this, what's it mean? I'm not of this world. I want to give you a couple of things real quick. I'm, I won't keep you long. It's, when he's talking about I'm not of this world, is, number one is that we are not influenced by the different principles of this world. When the world says it's okay, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, sorry, it's not okay. So somebody can say, you know, abortion is okay and I'm not going to get into a debate about your theological understanding of abortion and what's right and what's wrong and we say murder is not and we consider that to be that and the world says it's okay, it's, it's okay. No, it, it's, it's not. And I'm not talking about those people that have had to go through an abortion because that's real. Or people that lost a child or decided to keep the child, that's real. But when we begin to start looking at this and we realize that, that we are influenced by something different than what the world is influenced by. Oh, come on, somebody. That's the problem with even our young kids. They just look at what Google mad. Whatever Google says, whatever Google, 
Doesn't matter what my parents said anymore. Doesn't matter when they said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. What it just says is, I'm just going to love myself. We're influenced by a different kingdom. I could put it that way. I want to get into that. But our godly principles should be love. Joy, what? Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Not anger and bitterness and jealousy and hatred. Those are things of the world. They're not things of God that, that we want to be able to look at. I want us to be able to understand that. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a God deal. <laughs> God so loved the world that he what? Sent his only forgotten son, begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And when Christ was on the cross, one of the most important things he said, Father, forgive them. I'm paraphrasing. They have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea the realm of... That they're, they're operating in the world realm and there's the kingdom of heaven realm. So number one, I would say we're influenced by different principles. There's different principles in the word of God. Some people live by law, then live by law. But some people live by grace and what? I'm going to live by grace. Can I get an amen? I'm influenced by grace. So when somebody else says hold it against them and I have every reason to hold it against them because they've wronged me, they've trespassed on me, God, they, were, they abused me, they took place, then I can turn around and release that and say I'm going to live by a different principle than what the world lives by. And I can release forgiveness. Is that hard? That's a winning attitude. Number two is we operate by God's love. We operate by His righteousness. And we operate by His holiness. If my standards are, are God's standards, then I'm going to operate by that. The, the, I don't want to be able to get into uh, a standard of the world of righteousness or the world of holiness. I want to know what God's standards are, and I want to live by those standards. I want to be influenced by those principles of righteousness and holiness and God's love. If God is love, and he is, because it says he is love, that settles it for me. It's not lust, it's love. There's a difference in that. And when we look at it, we can understand a difference of it when you look at it in the Greek and there's different, way, different words for love. Number three is we need to operate in the kingdom of light, not darkness. God was really revealing some things to me yesterday about in Christ. And we're going to probably visit with that next week. But there is, we're in Christ, we're in the kingdom. We can operate in the kingdom of light or we can operate in the kingdom of darkness. Can you operate in the kingdom of darkness and still be a believer and follower of Christ? Yeah, they're like, did you just say that? How'd you say that? Can you be a believer and follower of Christ and operate in the kingdom of darkness? Yeah, we do it all the time. But what it is, it's a transformation that we're going through. When I first got born again, I operated in the kingdom of darkness, but I was born again. 
as I learned God's word, as I learned his principles, as I learned to be able to put some of those things in play in my life, it took some time for me to be able to overcome. Take some time now. That's why the transformation process isn't a, you know, you know, wave your wand and poof, it happens. That's why you've got to walk through some things. That's why we've got, we got to deal with some difficult times in our life. That's why we've got to look at situations and circumstances in our life and say, am I operating in the principles of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of darkness? Christ allows us to come out of the darkness. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, if anyone is in Christ, I said something to Angela earlier today, he's a new creation new creature, new species of being. Old things have passed away, and behold what? New things have come. A lot of times we put the new things aside instead of embracing the new stuff. The new ideas, the new thought processes, the new metanoia, the changing of our mind and understanding that this is God wants me to forgive, so I'm going to forgive. I'm not going to forgive with conditions that if you say you're sorry... And that's great. Parents can tell their children, tell them, apologize to Bubba. Tell them you're sorry. Sorry. That didn't happen in here. You know, it's kind of like that little kid. They said, sit down, sit down, sit down. He said, sat down. He said, but I'm on the inside. I'm standing up. We operate in the kingdom of light. Number four, real quick, and we're about done. It says, we look at things of the earth from a heaven's point of view. Woo! We look at things of the earth from the heaven's point of view. Have you ever thought about how heaven looks at it? It's going to look different than what we think about. You know, heaven's going to look at it, and we're going to look. Do we do that? Do we sit in there? Do we sit in the seat with Christ that we are seated with him in heavenly places and begin to start looking at a situation from a different point of view and say, God's looking at this totally different than what sometimes how we're looking at it? I'm going to read this scripture real quick and close. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10. Listen to this. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived with the lusts of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God... Rich in mercy, because of his great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him. Look it. And seated us with him in what? Heavenly places. Why are we looking at it from a world's perspective when this world, number one, isn't ours? Jesus isn't from this world. We're not from this world. I'm just passing through. Can I get an amen from somebody out there that I've got to begin to start looking at situations and circumstances from a heavenly perspective? And do you think there's a situation or a circumstance that if we look at from the heavenly perspective is impossible? But how many times do we think, it's not possible. There's just no way I could ever do that. 
There's no way I could ever forgive that person. There's no way I could ever release that person from what they did to me. There's no way I could ever not walk. I'm going to walk in, in, in anger and bitterness and hatred. Why? Because I can flip the switch on because I need to. No, we don't need to. He goes on and he says, so that in the ages to come that he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace that you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one can boast. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And he goes on and says, which God has prepared beforehand so we could walk in them. He's prepared some stuff for us to walk in. Good stuff for us to walk in? Yeah, absolutely. That's the attitude that we've got to have. That, that this, if this comes, if this is going on in my life, yeah, we may have to, I have to take some inventory and go, God, what am I doing here? What's going on? But I need to be able to trust him in the midst of what we're going through. Will you go ahead and stand to your feet? Angela, would you come and play for me, please, today? When we're going through situations in our life, when we're struggling, the question is, is are we going to have what we've been talking about, a winning attitude? Everybody say winning attitude. What's that attitude going to be? Is that attitude going to be, I don't know, I don't know, I can't figure it out, I, I got to get it done, I got, I'm living in the past as we talked about today, or I'm just totally living in the future and we're not living for the moment, the very moment in which we're living for now is to be able to say, wait a minute God, I know you got away in the midst of this difficult situation or circumstance. Is there anybody here today that's been dealing with those situations? Anybody? We've got some. I see you up there. Anybody else? Maybe a situation or circumstance that you think may be impossible or that looks impossible to you. Anybody? See some hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're just, give, we're just letting the Lord know on this because we've been created in his image and in his likeness. We're children of the Most High God. And it's not based on how you feel. Kelly, it's not based on how you feel. Because we can feel close to God today and far away from God tomorrow, right? It's based on who he is in our life. And Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Listen, if he's not, change it today. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then you're a child of the Most High God. When I, when I would begin to meditate on that Jesus said, I've overcome the world. 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 I don't know about you, but that means he's overcome addictions and bondage, and he's overcome hate and jealousy, and he's overcome everything that's ever come against him. He said, I've overcome the world, and he, now he's looking at us, and he's saying, the disciples, you've overcome the world. You've overcome the world. You're an overcomer. You can rise up. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me today? You can begin to rise up where you're at and what's going on in your life. You can begin to overcome the past that has been there and the pain and the trauma of that or even what you're dealing with uh, right now. You can begin to start stepping into those things of God and begin to say, I'm an overcomer. Say that. I'm an overcomer. Everybody say it again. I'm an overcomer. One more time. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. And you may have to look in the mirror. You may have to say, I'm an overcomer. You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. And the mirror looks back and it says, not. 
And you're like, oh, yes, I am. Oh, yes, I am. And, and like Macy gave a great, a great example today. She's like, I got, I got frustrated, so I just, I just hung in there with Jesus. I opened up the Word of God. And I just started reading and, and, and listening to the Word of God. And there's times where we've just got we to do that. We just got to get in there. Why? Because he's going to tell you how to be able to be an overcomer. Knowing Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're an overcomer. We got some overcomers in this place today. No matter what situation you're going through, no matter the difficulty of what's going on in your life, no matter what you're up against, I'm here to tell you that you're going to make it. Is there some hope today? Yes. What's that hope today? His name is Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. It's Jesus. It's, it's Jesus. I can't do it without Jesus. I can't overcome the pain and the hurt without Jesus. I can't overcome the images in my mind without Jesus. I can't overcome some of the things in my heart without Jesus. I can't overcome those things. But now he's told me, Eric, you're an overcomer, and you're going to be an overcomer. So don't quit. Don't give up. Don't stop. When you get knocked down, you get back up. When you look at you read another scripture, you pray one more prayer, you believe one more time, you step out and confess. Confess one more scripture itself because you are an overcomer. Hallelujah. I'm not going to give up. Are you guys giving up? No. We don't have no quitters. Don't have no quitters, right? We're not. We're, 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 we're climbers. We're, some of we might be camping, but we're climbers and we're, we're climbing on up. Marie, come on up here. I want you to, to take a minute, just a minute. We are overcomers and we're going to continue to be overcomers. I didn't get to come up a while ago when he was wanting some... Uh, praise reports but you know school starting I'm trying to get Messiah in to share in school not only is it a little closer to us but all of his teachers from second and first grade have said he'll do better over there if I can get him in over there this is my third year of trying to get him in over there and so we went over last Thursday, filled out all the paperwork, did everything, and Messiah's kind of been fighting me on it because he didn't want to leave his friends here. And uh, he got over there, and he was looking around the school, and he goes, Grandma, I kind of like this. I said, yes. <laughs> you know, that, okay, there's one. And make a long story short, they tested him to see if he was going to need to redo second grade, and he's going to have to. And by the time we got done Friday... And before I went over there, I'd seen something Pastor Shelley put on Facebook about just surrendering, you know, what you're struggling with. Just surrender and give it to God. And I'd done that the last two years, but this year I said, all right, God, you know, you're, this is on you now. You know, I've done it for two years my way. This is on you now. So make a long story short, when we got done... The lady said, okay, something about next week. That's when Sharon starts, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are you saying he's gotten in? And she goes, you know, the principal will have to tell you, but everything looks good. You know, they'll have the room in the second grade, you know, 99.9% sure. Will the principal call me Monday and confirm? <laughs> you know? All right, God, you know, I'm not... Step, you know, I'm not doubting you, but I need this confirmation, okay? Just so she said, Yes, he will call you Monday tomorrow and confirm 100% that Messiah got in. But in here, I'm feeling after three years, I've got him into Sharon School District. 
So just because you get a no the first time, don't give up. Just keep on going. Give it to God. Trust in Him because His timing is not ours. Hallelujah. Congratulations. You know what? This, I mean, that's, it's three years and she didn't quit giving up. She didn't stop. You know, there's a desire He wants to give to us. I want you to pray and close us today. Shelly's been singing the song, I Surrender All. She's been playing it. She's been, she's been really just getting through that. Um, will, you, will you pray for us today? If you want to share a few words, go ahead. Praise the Lord. God is good. All the time. All the time. We are just all in a transformation process, aren't we? I know God has me on thoughts, so you're probably hearing way more about that because you know when Joyce Meyer came out with her book, The Battlefield of the Mind? It just all comes back to what we're, think- what we're thinking. What are you thinking? Are you thinking you're an overcomer? Every thought, you have to think. You have to think about every thought. If you don't think about every thought, every thought will have you. Wow, you have to. I mean, it's just, it's our responsibility as a believer to take every thought captive. And that scripture has come so alive to me with all that we've been through because I allowed my thoughts to have me. For many, many months, I allowed my thoughts to have me. And it took me to a dark place. So I had to come to take responsibility for my thoughts. I can't take responsibility for your thoughts. You can't take responsibility for my thoughts. We have to take responsibility for our own thoughts because I'm telling you, Tennille, that was, that was so good in the way that you described that because our thoughts can be our greatest giant in our life. Our thoughts can be the thing that defeats us because we've allowed our thoughts to defeat us. We have to change our thoughts I posted something I said you have to think about what you're thinking about before you can change what you're thinking about if you just think whatever you want to think I mean because there were times after the fire that I would wake up at 3 4 in the morning that and I don't know about you but that's where the enemy hit me those early morning hours and instead of stopping the thought I thought on the thoughts that took me spiraling down. So I want to encourage you from what I've learned through a really dark place in my life, I had to stop the thoughts. I had to stop. So what do I do now whenever um, the thought comes on our building, you know, whatever it is that I'm facing, I have to stop. I say, no. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I mean, I've got my scriptures that I grab. And I meditate over and over and over those thoughts until I can fall back to sleep. Because it says meditate. Meditate on the Lord, doesn't it? Day and night. Meditate on his word. His word is what empowers you. So I just want to encourage you because you're not going to Stop hearing me talk about this because I believe this is how God has 
transformed my heart in the last few months of just going, Shelly, you have to change what you're thinking. Because when you change what you're thinking, you change what you're saying. So I, I know that it, it's affected us. It's pulled us out of living in our past and feeling sorry for ourselves and all the, the, the trauma that we had to go through. Every one of us faced trauma. This is just our trauma that was huge to us, you know. Um, so I just want to encourage you today. Think about what you're thinking about. Will you do that for me this week? And next week, I want you to say something to me. Say, you know what? I started thinking about what I was thinking about, and what I was thinking about wasn't so good. And I changed it to this, and the sun looked brighter, the sky looks bluer, and life looks greater. So I I just want to encourage you, Macy, it works, doesn't it? Change what you're thinking, because it's going to change your heart. So, Father, I thank you for every person here today. I thank you that we are overcomers. That's my one word this year, overcomer. Lord, I thank you that we are overcomers. And everything that this world, this world, that life that we're living in is such, is such a huge testing ground that gives us opportunity to work your word in our lives. And Lord, today we just, we just thank you, Father, that you give us wisdom. You give us uh, clarity of mind to be overcomers, to think about what we're thinking about so that we can change what we're thinking about. Lord, I thank you that you're working in our lives and and that you're moving and you're just going to astound us, God, as we trust in you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. You guys are dismissed. If you want prayer today, come and let, let us pray for you. We bless you. Have a great afternoon today.